Good morning, brothers and sisters, Pacific Hope Church. Here we are in week five of the spring Sunday school series, Equipping the Saints, a primer in biblical counseling. This week's topic is irritability understood. And to get the topic started, I've got a couple of questions to ask all of you. How was your morning? Did you get enough sleep last night? Did your alarm clock go off on time to get you here? Cunningham's, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Did you have enough time to get here without speeding? That's the question. Speaking of San Diego traffic, were you able to get all the way here without someone cutting you off? We are in a Christian nation, so there must have been traffic jams out there, right? Were you able to get here without getting upset at your spouse or your kids? Having one of those parking lot conversions that we hear about? Have you had enough coffee to make it through this video we're about to watch? Enough to make it through the sermon? Today we're going to look at the things that irritate us. What bothers us to no end? And not only irritability, but we're going to examine the reasons why that root of the issue that we've been going over repeatedly over this past month so that we can learn how to become better biblical counselors for one another. Remember, my brothers and sisters, that we are all called to counsel one another, to come alongside one another, to speak truth in love to one another, to bear one another's burdens. And the aim and the goal of this course that we're watching and the time that we're spending together before our regular service is meant to make us better biblical counselors. And as we become better at helping one another through the issues that we're, that we're going through, we're strengthening one another and helping each other to focus more on Christ and less on ourselves. Over this past year, I may have taken some of you into my confidence with regard to my parents moving in with my family from Wisconsin. And initially, things started off a little bit rocky. And uh, over the course of the next couple of months, they, they tapered off for a little bit until ultimately, after six months, they decided to move back home. They decided the best thing the best thing for them was to move back to where they had grown up and, and where they knew more people and felt more at home. And I may have hit it pretty well, though some of you may disagree with me. Um, if I'm being honest, I, I was pretty irritated, to say the least. And... Because of the, the teaching that we have here at Pacific Hope and the constant reminders that we have to look to Christ and to focus on 
God and his promises and not ourselves, uh, I was able to attack that irritation with prayer. And because of our elders' commitment to this thing called biblical counseling, I was able to take them into my confidence when things just got, you know, a little bit overwhelming. And this very week, uh, as I was preparing to lead this topic in this course, um, something happened that brought all of that irritation back to the surface. And so you know that I'm not lying when I say that I believe that I needed to be reminded of the information contained in these episodes. As much as I might believe any one of you might need to be reminded of the information contained in these episodes. In the midst of whatever irritation I was feeling or experiencing as the week went along, I was actually thankful to be covering this topic and focusing on scripture that reveals God's promises and his faithfulness. And as I've told the guys at the men's studies, as I've told some of you that I've been at small groups meetings with, I truly need this. So thank you for being here. Thank you for experiencing this with me. Let's pray and we'll get into the video. Merciful Father, we are thankful that you have brought us here this morning, not so that we can be reminded of how we have fallen short while you are there ready to pick us up, but thankful that you have brought us here so that we can worship you with our brothers and sisters the way that you have called us in spirit and in truth. We're thankful that you are that we are going to hear you and your word preached, your gospel boldly proclaimed, that we would be encouraged and those who do not know you might be convicted and brought to a place of repentance and faith and that you, above all, would be glorified. Please remove any prideful apprehension that we may have toward a subject like this. Give us hearts that desire to help our brothers and sisters enough to humbly examine our own hearts as we set our eyes upon you, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. often thought that, uh, you know, being a pastor, that you cannot have these struggles. I remember feeling blinded by anger when I was very, very young. Of course, that was even before I was a Christian. I used to respond to almost every situation with a raised voice or threats of some sort or trying to feel uh, powerful. I used to think that 
that was the only manly way to respond. It still has a tendency to flare up. If I ask you if you're an irritable person, would you say no? But what if I ask you if you're ever crabby or angry or testy or touchy or grumpy, maybe even moody? If any of those words would be used by others to describe you, then these synonyms have one thing in common. Do you know what that one thing is? Today, we're going to meet Pastor Brad. Pastor Brad struggles with irritability, but this presenting sin is not Brad's actual problem. Being ill-tempered is a mere fruit of a much deeper root that causes irritability. Dr. Gifford has read Pastor Brad's personal data inventory, and he has a suspicion that there are at least two roots that are causing Brad's fruit of irritability. We're preparing to meet with Brad, and in our time together, we want to go through his personal data inventory, and I'm interested to hear a little bit about his view of God. We're interested to hear that because some of what he's put here is his desire to have things go his own way. I also want to hear a little bit about Brad's perspective of himself. Sometimes we as men can be very driven, task-oriented men, but at times that leads to an inflated view of ourselves where we think if we don't do it, then no one else can, or if we don't do it, everyone else will do it in an inferior way. So we want to listen for that. We want to seek to understand how Brad is viewing God and how Brad is viewing himself. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Sure. You've completed the personal data inventory. Okay. So all I want to do is just do a couple of follow-up questions about it. Help me understand just what a typical week looks like for you in terms of schedule. I mean, I have certain things to accomplish, and sometimes I'll spend more time worrying about the task than actually doing the task. If that makes any sense. Is it because you're thinking about what needs yeah, to be done? Yeah, it's just sometimes sense? it gets, uh, yeah. Sometimes it gives me a headache. Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself? You know, high expectations yeah. on yourself? Yeah. When you think about God, what are some of the top attributes that you would use to describe Him? Holy, righteous, just, long-suffering. I, I think of anything, it's probably long-suffering and mercy because I would have run out of patience by now. If you were God? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of how we view God, it will connect to how we view ourselves. The reason why we're digging into Brad's view of God is to help connect how he views God in regard to how he lives his life. We're also going to address Brad's view of self. If Brad has an inflated view of himself, it will affect the way he treats others. It will affect his anxiety. It will affect his irritability. And if he understands himself accurately according to the scripture, it will encourage him to be more patient. It will encourage him to be less anxious. And it will encourage him to be who God's called him to be. And those two understandings will lead to a decrease in Brad's attempt to try to control his own universe. While we know there can be many, many roots that are at the source of irritability, Dr. Gifford has determined to see if Pastor Brad needs to adjust his faith in God and his understanding of himself. Maybe you need to examine those areas in your own life. If you're regularly irritable or agitated, perhaps your heart gets troubled because you need to adjust your view of God and your view of yourself. 
Let's do that self-examination. And as we do, you'll see that all of the synonyms of irritability have one thing in common. Some of the issues I'm currently struggling with would be anxiety, worry, irritability. Now that seems to be my biggest struggle with that. Impatience, irritable, um, didn't go my way. Sometimes I find myself saying, Lord, you know I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And um, it, it tends to kind of flow into either coworkers or uh, sometimes my family when I become irritable, impatient. If we're honest with ourselves, there are days when all of us can be a bit curmudgeonly or irritable or annoyed or irascible. These synonyms are not our problem. They are merely the presenting fruits of a root problem. And Pastor Brad recognizes his own irritability. Dr. Gifford is going to explore two possible roots that need to be addressed separately, but when combined, they help us see the actual sin that causes us to be short-tempered. Let's start with root number one, an incorrect view of God. When you're busier, do you find those are the times whenever you're prone to be most anxious or most yeah. irritable? Yeah, I can get irritable pretty easy. Think of your irritability and anxiety as symptoms of maybe a deeper issue. And what influences our heart in part is the way that we're viewing God. What I'll try to show you here is how a vision of God's bigness is something that actually brings freedom to us. Freedom in the sense of, well, we're just called to be faithful today, to just kind of keep chopping and chiseling away but we understand that he's the one that's got it. So let's start with Psalm 115. Would you mind if uh, reading Psalm 115, verse one through three? Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Why should the nation say, where now is their God, but our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. So there is this, this reason that the psalmist calls us to praise the Lord, and it's because of his love, his truth, that we give glory to Him, we honor Him, we magnify Him because of His truth and His love. And then the next part is, it's gonna to begin to contrast between God and then idols. And at times we can even see like, maybe I, God needs my praise or God needs me to honor Him. But the Bible teaches that God doesn't need us for anything. He's completely independent in that sense. So we have that big God. Now that understanding of God as big and in control, what it starts to do when you and I behold it properly is it starts to set us free. It sets us free from our anxieties because we think, well, A, if I really do believe that God is that big, that God does everything that he pleases, there's nothing that's thwarting him, then what do I have to be worried about? I mean, he's got it. He's got it perfectly. God isn't dependent upon us. He is self-sustaining. So he doesn't need Brad to email that person back. He doesn't need you to preach that message just right, that God is completely self-sustaining. He doesn't need us, but chooses to use us. I didn't even think about that. It just seems like I'm always about the moment and it's just me and me alone and, and, and nobody else. You know, it just, it just never dawned on me that 
Well, you know what? He is in control. I mean, I, I knew that. Sure. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are easy to quote, but hard to live. That That's something I guess I'd never really stop to consider, you know, whenever I'm sitting there listing out these things and they're not going right and, you know, it rains. Oh, man, if it rained in the... Puts you behind oh, all your man. tasks. I hate to see rain on Saturday in the summer. You know, I should have just stopped it and recognized, well, God, you're, you're just, you're big. I never did. Your vision of God and my vision of God and all of our visions of God, I don't mean this like in a mystical way, I just mean some of your understanding of who God is. It transforms those moments because if you find yourself prone toward anxiety and irritability, of course we could say, you know, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. We could go to Matthew 6 and talk through how you're to seek the kingdom first, trust. Those things are right. But when you have such a transformative view of God that he's big and in control, then what happens is you're freed personally because you recognize that God is working this out. If God delayed my plans today, that must be his will for me. If God caused it to rain today, that must be his will for me. If if my wife wants us to do this family task today and go spend time together, then I know that God must be working in this way and that must be my, all my home projects can wait and it'll be fine. How have I missed that? I mean, I mean that's I'm just, that's sure. what I mean. I mean, I've not, I just have not seen it like that. I mean, yeah, I've gone to flip benches for nothing. Okay, great. And then you're like, I believe, yeah, I know. <laughs> for an important meeting. When you encounter bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic and according to your GPS, the red line is so long and slow, there's no way that you're gonna make that meeting. You get agitated because you're under the impression that God hasn't been watching the traffic reports and he's unaware that you're going to miss something important to you. In that moment, stop and remember, my God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. And then it's important to remember another truth, that God is good. You see, sovereignty is a frightening doctrine. If the deity who knows the name of every star is mean, then you and I should not only be irritable, we should be horrified. But the God who sits in the heavens is filled with loving kindness. And the Bible promises us that our good physician never gives his patients a cup of poison. Like a loving father who disciplines his beloved children, so God disciplines his children. And God's not a heavenly tormentor. God's not absent and unaware of the affairs of men. God is good. God is kind. And never does God do anything to his children. He only does things for his children. That means your tardiness is God's act of kindness to reveal in your heart that you are not remembering that God is in control and we are not. Quick-tempered, crusty, testy, super-sensitive, prickly, or choleric are all related cousins. Do you know what the glue is that ties all of these synonyms together? Well, you will as we take a look at two root causes of Pastor Brad's irritability, an incorrect view of God and an incorrect view of himself. 
does what other people think of you significantly impact you? Yeah. And is one of the places that it matters the most when they think that you're smart or see you as like spiritually wise or the one of the places that hurts the most is if they think that maybe you're foolish or ignorant of something. Is that right? Yeah. But it also adds this huge pressure to our life if we're concerned about what our people think of us. So it's not what they think of our message or the message itself, but it's what do they think about how we're delivering the message? Do we sound foolish? Do we sound like we know what we're talking about? Would you mind reading verse three of Romans 12 for us? For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. These are the gifts that God has given to us. And what Paul is telling us here is he's saying, hey, don't, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Let's, let's tease out what some of the high expectations, high view of self can look like. It's where I think I have all of these gifts on this list. I'm the prophesier, teacher, exhorter, contributor, merciful one. And that's not the way the Bible teaches it about me or about you. The area of my life in which I feel like I have the least control is worry or anxiety or time management. And uh, when it does tend to unravel, and that's where I feel that it spins out of control. At times I feel like I have the most control um, when everything's going exactly like I want. Everything falls into place, which doesn't happen much, but that's the time uh, when it does. It's the times I feel like I have the most. First Peter 4, I think is, it's a very freeing passage for those in ministry. He says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. How do you use your gift as a ministry worker? You use it as just simply a steward. So to serve with the strength that God provides, what takes place is I say, well, God, you've given me this gift and I'm gonna use it for you and I'm gonna trust you with the results of it. And I'm free, I'm ministering from a place of freeness. What thoughts are coming to your mind? What observations? So my, my bar really shouldn't be how others preach or write their sermons. My bar should be that God gave me a gift to do it, not in my own way, but in the unique gifted way that he's given me. Absolutely. And that maybe your style is actually more effective in your context than trying to duplicate a pastor that you see as being very eloquent. Some of your congregation would rather have Pastor Brad than whomever you might see as a good preacher. So it seems I've created some, some bar over here to reach. Well, that's relieving. Should be freeing. That's, that's healthy. <laughs> Should be freeing I to mean, a certain degree. God has called Brad, not whatever preacher. God's called you, and he's given you your gifts. So here's, here's kind of like the, the final point then. It seems to me like this high view of self, not in like you're just super inflated, super puffy, I think yeah. this, but this high view of yourself and high expectations of your own giftedness has crept in 
and it's created this burden for you, a burden that's hard to live up to. And so you feel tired, you feel exhausted, maybe you feel like you're just barely treading water and keeping everything going. Yeah. And you gotta be set free by a biblical understanding of yourself to see that God hasn't called you to be all of those things. He's called you to be who he's made you to be hmm. with the gifts that he's given to you. And a steward isn't frenzied, a steward isn't flurried. They're trusting the Lord, they're using the strength he has provided so that he gets the glory. Some of your view of yourself has to be not undone, but counterbalanced with maybe God's view of you to say that, yeah, you have gifts, let's use those. And let's trust him for the gifts you don't have and be faithful. Mm. Have you figured it out? Knowing that a low view of God and a high view of self are two roots of our irritability fruit? Have you figured out the biblical word that describes these incorrect views? Pride. When we do not see God as sitting in the heavens, doing whatever he pleases, we are suffering, at least in the moment, with a low view of God. That low view inevitably leads a child of God to conclude his or her father just doesn't care, but he does. The omnipotent king of the universe is also tender and kind, and he actually cares about you. As our view of God grows increasingly high, then it's inevitable that you will increasingly have a lower view of self. That is why the Bible calls the toxic combination of a low view of God and a high view of self pride. But here's the good news. As you begin to reverse your views of God and self by having a high view of God and a low view of yourself, you will find yourself being less and less irritable. In moments of frustration, remember God is big, you are small, and your fears will not only dissipate, but you will feel the weight of the world fall off your shoulders when you realize you aren't capable of carrying a world on your shoulders, but God is. irritable person become kinder and gentler? By remembering two truths that will have two benefits. God is big and you are small and needy. That knowledge will keep you humble and it will grow you in joy as you remember that God is in control and what God ordains is always good. Correct theology of God and self produces two powerful character traits, humility and joy. Let's see how Dr. Gifford helps Pastor Brad apply this wisdom on a practical level. Brad, it's time to talk about just some practical implementation of the things that we've discussed. We've talked a lot about your view of God and viewing him as big, sovereign, independent. We've talked about your view of yourself and how to ensure that you're balancing that to make sure it's not inflated. It's not an, a high view to use Romans 12 and to make sure it's not a low view. It's a biblical view of yourself. One of the passages that I want to give to you for homework is Psalm 127. I want this to be a verse that you're using to help saturate yourself with because it's showing that the Lord is the one that really makes us effective. Hmm. And here it's the watchman stays awake in vain if the Lord's not guarding us. The builders are building in vain if the Lord's not building. And so it's, it's this dependence on God. It doesn't make us idle or lazy. 
but it makes us dependent on his bigness. So we're, we're saying, God, I need you. I need you to be able to make me effective. I need you to allow me to accomplish what you want me to accomplish today. So the second one is that I'm gonna give you a worksheet on the independence of God. And it's gonna define God's independence for you. And it'll show you in scripture how God doesn't need us, but chooses to use us. Practically, I'd like you to work on doing something in your schedule and it's kind of like a decluttering effort. I want you to look for an intentional space where it's just a time of refreshment. You just think of like leisure, hobby, something you enjoy to do, just reading. Maybe it's gonna be your and Rhonda's date night. I don't know. And we do those because we can't be everywhere. We can't be everything. Mm -hmm. Only God can be that. Mm -hmm. So let me do this. Let me pray for us and then uh, we'll be done for today. Okay. okay. After meeting with Brad, it was apparent that he had high expectations of himself, a burden that he had saddled himself with. What we don't realize at times is that our view of God is informing that. I think you saw that today, that there was this aha moment for him. God doesn't need him, but God chooses to use him. That's not only true for Brad, that's true for you. Brad has to see and remind himself that he doesn't have all of the gifts. But he does have gifts. And the gifts that God's given to him, God hasn't given to me, God hasn't given to you. So if we're stewarding those well, that's the point. When we understand that God has given us the gifts we have and that we're just called to use them faithfully and to trust him with the results. When Brad sees that, he'll be set free. He'll be set free from some of the pressures, the temptation to irritability and anxiety. When you see that, you'll be set free as well. And you'll be on the path to being transformed. If people could pray for me, I would ask them to pray for peace that I would know and get the view that God's in control. God doesn't need me, but He uses me. God doesn't need us, but He does choose to use us, doesn't He? Kind of a difficult word to hear, but one that when we're considering what his word says about who he is in light of who we are, or maybe the other way around, who we are in light of who he is, um, words that we need to hear nonetheless. Um, especially if we're going to fulfill our part as that unified body that Jesus prays about in John 17. Right? If we're going to be that unified body, we need to understand our place in it. If you've been with us for this past month, uh, you know that at this time we would ask a couple of questions based upon what we just viewed in the video. And at this point, we've covered the topics of grief, which we revisited after Pastor Robert's uh, study last fall. We've also covered the topic of anxiety, fear, and now irritability. And I believe, and, and, and I asked Pastor Matthew if it would be all right, if at this point we could take a, a bit of a departure from that regular program, that regular model, and do something a little different this week. And uh, he said, great, yeah, let's give it a shot. Um, 
so what, what I'd like to invite us all to do at this point for the next couple of minutes is to find someone, uh, maybe there's someone that, that we've confided with in the past or, or prayed with in the past, um, or maybe it's someone we haven't met before and, hey, I've been meaning to get to know that person, and get together and perhaps put into practice what we, a little bit of what we've been learning, okay? Don't expect you to get into a full-blown uh, counseling session. We don't have time for that. We're just going to take a couple of minutes. But maybe confide in one another. Um, perhaps if you're feeling comfortable enough with that person, confess something that they might have the opportunity, you might have the opportunity to come alongside them and begin to bear one another's burdens. If you don't feel comfortable with that, perhaps just a quick time of prayer together. Um, but maybe this will help, uh, help us in our walk together, unified, as, as Jesus prayed for us. Um, or maybe it'll just help us to get uh, back together with a brother or sister. And I know that this has the opportunity to mess with the, the live stream, so I'm hoping that uh, the folks who are listening or watching will bear with us for a couple of minutes. Um, so let's, let's take that opportunity, uh, if you would. All right. Well, as I mentioned earlier, breaking up fellowship is not my favorite thing. <laughs> However, listening to my brothers and sisters share their concerns with one another, uh, begin to bear one another's burdens, that is, uh, that is something that, that feeds my soul. Um, and I thank you, uh, I, especially if you were praying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, we do have to stay on schedule so that the rest of the service begins. But uh, I, I, I do apologize for putting you on the spot like that. Um, my hope is that uh, this is something that we might use to uh, become closer and even become stronger which builds the body and makes the body stronger as well. So thank you for that. And um, we'll pray, and then we will greet our brothers and sisters as they join us for the regular service. Father God Almighty, thank you for this time that we've had together, perhaps to begin to lift up the cares and concerns of our brothers and sisters who, who were willing and able to share of themselves today. We're confident that your holy and perfect will is already being accomplished. We pray with David when he wrote that you will fulfill your purpose. Your steadfast love, Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Lord, as we approach the coming week, help us to put into practice 
the things that we've learned here today. Help us to turn away from the sinful thoughts which lead us into anger and leave us irritated. Lord, keep us mindful of the fact that we are no longer our own and that our trust resides solely in you and the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. May our thoughts and actions bring you honor and glory. We pray for our elders as they faithfully work to serve this body in obedience to your call and appointment, as they study your word to divide it rightly for your church. We pray for their families, their health, and their very lives. Once again, with David, we pray, because your steadfast love is better than life, our lips will praise you. We will bless you as long as we live. In your name, we will lift up our hands. The name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.